Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 930 in 716. I think it's time for, um, sadly, for Malone to go. Another whistleblower from within the hierarchy of the Diocese of Buffalo. We're in a true crisis situation. True crisis. This is the one case that really stuck out to us because... Uh, Father Nowak was essentially allowed to remain in ministry during the investigation, which went against the diocese's uh, own protocol. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 and 716. It was late, late Tuesday night when the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo released a statement on the allegations surrounding Father Jeffrey Nowak, a priest serving Christ the King Seminary. The statement, which you can read at WBEN.com, stands by previous statements from the diocese about allegations concerning Father Nowak, but adds that on two occasions Father Nowak had refused to undergo behavioral assessment as ordered by Bishop Malone. Nowak is the subject of sexual abuse allegations involving a seminarian who has since left the seminary and the bishop's private secretary, Father Richard Birnat, who was placed on administrative leave in recent weeks. Uh, The bishop's other secretary, his priest uh, secretary, who not only works with him but lives with Bishop Malone, uh, his name is Father Richard Birnat, He is now coming forward. In reporting today by WKBW-TV and Charlie Specht, Birna becomes the second whistleblower within the diocese and also releases secret recordings of Bishop Malone commenting on the allegations and their potential impact on his future. We're in a true crisis situation. True crisis. And everyone in the office is convinced this could be the end for me as bishop. With all that else is going on in the Mm -hmm. diocese, and all the attacks on my credibility yeah. that I've known that something's going on here that shouldn't be, and I let it go. I mean, this is a disaster. And revealing audio recordings that uh, show Bishop Malone and how he handled a sexual uh, harassment case against an active diocesan priest in Chigtawaga by the name of Father Jeffrey Nowak. Yeah, so uh, a lot of this is surrounding how the diocese handled Father Nowak before he was placed on leave. Uh, What stands out to you in these recordings of what the bishop had to say about Father Nowak? Well, the bishop and uh, all of his advisors clearly think that Father Nowak is a very troubled priest. They say he's struggling uh, with his sexuality. They they, uh, call him, the bishop calls him at one point, dangerous. Um, They say things like, you know, we don't know what he's going to do in the parish. If, uh, the allegation is that Father Nowak uh, used the confessional and essentially came on to someone um, because of information that he got in the in the confessional. And uh, they're very concerned about this and saying, oh, my gosh, we've got to do something. But then there's about a five-month gap when, uh, even despite knowing about this, the diocese allows him to remain in ministry with zero notice to parishioners. We actually were getting 
emails from parishioners saying what what's going on with this guy you know we hear there's something going on but the the bishop won't tell us the father Nowak won't tell us um so you really have to um kind of scratch your head here about why they allowed him to stay in ministry despite thinking that he was so dangerous what specifically did the bishop say that's captured on these recordings about that sure sure so bishop malone um he says here um he says we are in a true crisis situation and everyone in the office is convinced this could be the end for me as bishop. It could force me to resign. Um, he says here it sounds like a soap opera. It sounds like a love triangle. And uh, this is particularly damning quote. He says here, with, all, with everything else that's going on in the diocese and all the attacks on my credibility, that I've known about something going on here that shouldn't be, and I let it go. I mean, this is a disaster. Those are his words. What did you make of the statement that was released by the diocese uh, later last night about this whole situation, where they said that uh, the bishop was hoping to prevent the public scandal that could arise from publication of a letter written by Father Rizard? Yeah, so um, that was interesting. The public scandal is a sense that we haven't really uh, heard here yet. This is something that bishops often used to say like in the 80s and 90s when um, when this was going on, I don't think anyone would believe now that there isn't already a, a massive scandal, not only in the diocese, but in the, in the wider um, Catholic Church here. So that, that was interesting, but clearly the diocese is looking to shift the focus off the bishop and to Father Richard here, the, the former secretary who is coming forward now and sort of blowing a whistle um, uh, against the bishop. Charlie, you've been following this for a long time. Uh, the bishop has been preaching transparency over the last several months, over a year, but this would this suggest otherwise? Well, it would, because the diocese has a very uh, established protocol here. I mean, they've done this enough over the last year where um, there's been 19 priests, excluding Father Noah, who've been removed from ministry, and every time they do sort of the same thing, they, um, uh, they suspend the priest, put him on administrative leave, do some sort of an internal investigation, and then make a decision about whether the priest can return or can't return. And this is the one case that really stuck out to us because uh, Father Nowak was essentially allowed to remain in ministry during the investigation, which went against the diocese's uh, own protocol here. And then the idea that they, they didn't get up and say anything to parishioners about it or even warn anybody about what the allegations were that would suggest that uh, transparency was not followed in this case. Uh, do you think at all about the uh, motives of Father Biernot, uh for coming forward with some of these recordings, for making the recordings in the first place, and then coming forward? Um, we, we know Siobhan O'Connor um, and her story around this, but Birnot's coming into this uh, at, at a much later date. He had been around the bishop for some time. You would think that he, he had maybe heard other conversations that were similar to this. Sure, yeah. There's been a lot of people who, um, you know, who, who like Father Richard and have said, well, why is he sticking around here? There's been people speculating that, um, you know, maybe he was recording information to become a state's witness um, in the criminal investigations against the diocese. Um, we asked him about his motives, and there, there was also, you know, allegations um, regarding him. The bishop put him on a personal leave, rather, um, last week. And um, so we asked him about that, and he said that really, it's not it's not something like he's trying to get back at the bishop for putting him on leave because he he said you know he started recording these things five months ago in in March and um, Father Richard has disclosed that he himself was a 
survivor of sexual assault by a diocesan priest when he was a seminarian. And um, he said he sort of saw the same thing happening in the Father Noah situation, where Father Noah is a priest accused of harassing a seminarian. And, and when he saw the diocese not acting, because of that personal experience, he said, look, I, you know, I went through a lot with this, and I'm not going to let someone else go through the same thing I went through. So that's kind of what spurred him to come forward. Charlie Specht of Channel 7, breaking news with the Buffalo Diocese this morning. He's with us live here on WBEN. Charlie, what does this mean for seminarian Matthew Bojanowski, who we heard about his story just a couple of weeks ago? So uh, Mr. Bojanowski is no longer a seminarian. He's sort of up and quit from the seminary. Um, but I spoke with him this morning, and, you know, the point he really wants to get across is that there are allegations, you know, surfacing that, that he had had inappropriate uh, relationships, but he, he wanted to really say here that um, these allegations come from the fact that Father Nowak, you know, allegedly uh, rifled through his own belongings and stole um, this alleged love letter from um, Mr. Bojanowski's uh, belongings here, and, and he thinks it's very serious that he was, in his words, betrayed by his own confessor, and that, you know, for Catholics especially, that is an offense that um, is punishable by immediate excommunication from the Catholic Church. So that's something that in his mind is, is very serious. The meaning of it all, the impact it may have on current and future cases against the diocese and, of course, the fate of Bishop Malone. Certainly uh, a recording like this, a, a bishop in his own words talking to uh, a colleague priest is certainly admissible. Jeffrey Anderson is an attorney representing dozens of victims of alleged abuse by priests within the Diocese of Buffalo. Uh, and certainly the kind of evidence that is rarely obtained, because most of the time when a bishop is really sharing how he feels and how, what he thinks and, and how he acts is usually done in the sanctity of his chambers and his office, and rarely do we get uh, a true glimpse of uh, what we see in these recordings revealed. That is truly the mindset of uh, Bishop Malone and how he chooses not only to think about himself and his own stature, uh, but not think about the kids and those who have been hurt and how he thus acts in handling uh, and managing this crisis. And it is both sorrowful and sad, but very, very revealing and extraordinary uh, uh, recording, especially in the heels of the disclosures made by Siobhan O'Connor. And with these two things now being revealed, uh, and through the courage of the other survivors with whom we're working with Steve Boyd and his firm, um, and dozens of them having come forward now, it is clearly time for the community of faith here, as sorrowful as this is, and uh, the courageous priests such as Father Burnett to really stand up and say, it's time for the Vatican, uh, and to call for the resignation immediately. You represent uh, victims. What does this do for their cases? What does this do for you as you uh, look to represent victims of the Church? I can't see where it has too, too much impact in something that, you know, would have occurred uh, 20 years ago, an abuse like that. 
Well, uh, you know, in the work that we're doing with uh, Steve Boyd and representing so many survivors here, one of the things we need to to prove is the 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 the, the not just the actions of the, the the Catholic diocese here and Bishop Malone and the choices he makes in continuing to protect offenders and himself and his reputation, but his own words really demonstrate what we call the state of mind behind those actions. And the state of mind revealed in this recording is that he cares more about his position, his stature, and the protection of his priests than anything else, and not the community of faith, and more particularly, the many kids that have been hurt that he tries to still uh, deny um, is uh, being the source of the problem. And so I think it, it, it really is powerful evidence, shockingly powerful evidence that can be used in a courtroom to show the bishop's state of mind, and today demonstrates his absolutely incompetence for that position. Jeff, what specifically did you hear the bishop say that is most damaging? Well, uh, what he said about his own stature and is concerned about if this gets out uh, to the media or to uh, others, then his, he's at peril for, uh, for losing his job. So it's all about him thinking about himself instead of thinking about the priests that he's protecting who have abused kids or vulnerable adults and um, and where his really focus and concern is. And I think that is perhaps one of the most shocking things, uh, because rarely do people get to hear the actual words of the bishop and what it is that he's really thinking. Hey, um, you know, the, the quotes, the way this unfolds, it almost sounds like uh, they're treating this as a political scandal. It sounds like that when you're listening to this instead of, you know, a widespread sex abuse scandal that they're talking about. It, 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 it sounds just like a political scandal and trying to manage it and worried about what's going to get out instead of worrying about what's actually being done. And uh, is, it really reminds me, and I've been working with survivors and, 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 and in, in Catholic cases for 37 years. But what this really reminds me of is when the FBI recorded secretly um, the, the dealings of the top mafia bosses, and they got their words on tape and then revealed them in court. This is what, uh, this, is what this is a lot like. He is behaving sadly and talking on tape as revealed today, the same way the mafia bosses did about their misconduct and their concern about how they can conceal it and make sure it's not revealed. And that's what this is remindful of. And I've taken the depositions of many bishops and confronted many more in court, but it is very rare and extraordinary today to hear the bishop's own words, his own state of mind, clearly reflected, it's time. It's time for him and this community of faith. And the priests, who are so many good ones, to stand up the same way this Father Birnett did to get this recording and demand the, the truth and um, 
I think it's time for, um, sadly, for Malone to go. We reached out to the bishop's spokesperson and are awaiting a response. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.